Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is November 30th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, before we begin, I want to wish my cousin a happy birthday. Uh, if you listen to the intro of the episode, the person who says, you know, welcome to Via the Source, that's my cousin. So I want to wish her a happy birthday and, you know, thank her for her help on the podcast. She played a large part in giving me the idea to do this. So, you know, big happy birthday to her. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the recap of the game between the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. So to get right into it, the Miami Dolphins defeated the Jets by a score of 20-30. The Dolphins moved to 7-4 with the win, and the Jets remain winless at 0-11. The New York Jets are as bad as they come. Every NFL team is made up of professional athletes, and they are led by professional coaches, and that warrants respect for even the worst of teams. But boy, do the Jets make that hard. The Jets are so bad that they don't even meet the criteria for being a trap game, in my opinion. This is a team that should be beat every single week, even if you're team is not playing well and frankly I think this is how this game kind of played out even though there were a lot of positives in this game there were also plenty of negatives that I think wouldn't fly against any team that isn't the New York Jets so to get right into it the Dolphins offense was led offensively by Ryan Fitzpatrick Tua Tungvaloa missed this game with a thumb injury allowing the veteran to take over for this matchup so to talk about this just a little bit um I know this is something that stirred up Twitter quite a bit. Uh, You know, people were coming up with these strange, crazy theories that, oh, you know, maybe this is their way of transitioning back to Fitzpatrick, or if Tua's unable to power through a thumb injury, what does that say about his leadership? And all types of crazy theories. To me, I don't think it was really that deep. Tua has a thumb injury, one that they don't want to risk further damage. He is the potential franchise for the team. They're looking at the bigger picture moving forward, and this is a game against the New New York Jets, you have a capable backup in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and if you feel like you can go out there and win the game without injuring somebody that you're thinking about their long-term future, then why not go out and do that? And I think that's what the Dolphins were looking at. So they were led by Ryan Fitzpatrick here, and Fitzpatrick in this game, he looks solid. It's undeniable that Fitzpatrick is able to move the ball downfield more rapidly than Tua is, and then we saw that last week too when he had more passing yards in two drives than Tua had in eight drives. Now, in yesterday's game, Fitzpatrick connected on 7 of 13 passes beyond 10 yards. Again, that may not sound like a huge deal, but Tua did not complete a single pass beyond 10 yards against the Broncos, so 7 is a huge drastic difference. Fitzpatrick would finish the game 24 for 39, 257 yards, and 2 touchdowns. After the game, Coach Flores said that Tungo Vailoa would remain the team starter when he is healthy enough to play. He said, quote, yeah, if he's healthy, he's the guy. I don't know how many different ways we have to continue to say that. You keep asking and I'll keep answering the same way. Close quote. Fitzpatrick in this game connected with Mike Gesicki on a 13-yard touchdown pass. It's one where Fitzpatrick floated it near the pylon and Gesicki just made an impressive leaping catch over a defender. The other touchdown came on a 7-yard touchdown pass to tight end Adam Shaheen. Now, this was Devontae Parker's best game of the season. He finished with a C 
season high of 119 yards. He caught eight passes in this game, and no other receiver for the Dolphins had more than two catches. He had a big 25-yard reception where he reeled it in after bobbling it. Now, the officials ruled this play a catch, but it's still a mystery to many people how they came to that decision. It appeared to have been a rare instance where the Dolphins got a questionable call that was in their favor. Now, Fitzpatrick has benefited off the switch to Fitzpatrick as he has produced more with the veteran as the starter as opposed to Tua. In the seven games that have been led by Fitzpatrick, Parker is averaging 69 yards receiving. In the four that were led by Tua Tungavailoa, he is averaging only 39 yards. Now, Fitzpatrick explained how he is so productive when he throws to Devontae Parker. He said, Devontae is very special with the 50-50 ball and some of those tough catches. So for us, and really for me as a quarterback, if teams are going to continue to give us the opportunity to do that, then I'm going to go and give Devontae the opportunity to make that play more often than not. Mike Kosicki had a solid outing in this game as well. He finished with two catches for 35 yards, and aside from his touchdown grab, he had a big 22-yard reception in the first quarter. Now, if we go to the running game here for Miami, running back DeAndre Washington led the Dolphins in carries this week, and he looked like the best player in this backfield. He finished the game 13 carries for 39 yards. He displayed terrific speed, allowing him to capitalize on a 16-yard run to the outside. He also caught a six-yard reception, which in reality should have been a tackle for a loss, but he was able to extend the play. Coach Flores, after the game, said that he was pleased with Washington's performance in the game. He said, quote, I thought Washington ran the ball effectively. We need that, especially when we're trying to close out a game. He had a run there in the fourth quarter that sprung up the final drive and put us up by 17, close quote. Now, running back Matt Breida had the opportunity to seize the role as he was receiving the bulk of the work early on in this game. He had a productive day overall with 36 yards on eight carries, but a late game fumble forced the Dolphins to turn away from him and kind of held back how his performance will look. Now, promptly after Matt Breida's fumble, Patrick Laird took over and had a fumble of his own. Now, with Washington having a strong performance and the potential returns of both Savon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, I think that could signal the end of Breida's usage for the Dolphins, and likely the same could be said about Patrick Laird's opportunity uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Now, it was another rough outing for the Dolphins' offensive line. Fitzpatrick was sacked four times in this game, and he was hit nine times, though it could be argued that one or two of the sacks were a product of him trying to run. It's easy to say that the pocket in this game was far from clean. Now, kicker Jason Sanders is playing as good as somebody at his position could possibly play. He is an automatic machine as he connected on field goals from 51 and 52 yards today. Now, it's only a matter of time until Sanders is paid like he's the best kicker in football as he should be. Now, it was another strong outing from the Dolphins defense in this one. They held the Jets to only three points in this game, and after the shutout in their previous matchup, they finished with a combined three points allowed versus the Jets for the entire season. So that's just an awesome victory overall for this division matchup. Cornerback uh, Xavier Howard, his case for best cornerback in the NFL was already extremely strong, but now he is making a case for potential Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Howard came down with his seventh interception of the season, which makes him the lone leader of interceptions in the entire NFL. He has more games with an interception this season
season than games without one. It's just crazy to think about how productive uh, Xavier Howard has been so far this season. Now, his interception in this game came on a pass to Brashad Perriman, where Howard was able to lurk underneath and make a play on the ball. He also nearly had another interception earlier on in the game. It was a deep pass near the pylon, but he dropped it. Uh, now, if there's any negatives, he allowed a big 37-yard reception to Perriman in the first quarter, but overall, Xavier Howard has been absolutely amazing this season. Now, cornerback Nick Needham also had an interception in this game. Sam Darnold connected with Needham on a beautiful on-the-run pass that showcases why the Jets are the best in the league when it comes to tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Now, all jokes aside, it was a terrible pass from Darnold, and Needham took advantage of a gift that was put right there in his lap. Needham was also tasked with covering Jamison Crowder, who I've mentioned is a very underrated slot receiver, and he held him to only three catches for 31 yards in this game. So yet another good game from Nick Needham. Now, it was a strong game also from linebacker Alandon Roberts, who continues to prove me wrong more and more each and every week. He finished his game with five tackles and half a sack. Robert had his weekly monster play where he rips through the offensive line and makes a huge stop. Now, in this week, it came on a fourth down play where he laid the hit stick on Frank Gore, stopping him dead in his tracks. Now, safety rookie Brandon Jones had a massive sack in the first quarter on third down, holding the Jets to a field goal. Jones was able to burst right through the center of that offensive line, flying in for his first sack of the season. Now, linebacker Jerome Baker led the Dolphins in tackles with five. Four of those were solo. He had a huge open field stop on Ty Johnson and was also credited with half a sack in this game. Defensive tackle Raekwon Davis, who was also credited with half a sack on a play with Kyle Van Noy, also had several big stops in the run game in this one. Now, on top of that terrible interception by Sam Darnold, kicker Sergio Castillo also missed a 29-yard kick for the Jets. New York was just insistent on losing this game, no matter how messy the Dolphins were playing. Now, to get into my takeaways from this game, the first one is that Tua should still be the starter for the Dolphins. Fitzpatrick looked good in this game, but remember, this is the Jets. Every quarterback should look good against the Jets, and it wasn't as if Fitzpatrick looked amazing. He looked solid, but there is still a high likelihood that if Tua played in this game, he could have looked pretty good as well. If Fitzpatrick had lit up the scoreboard with like 300 plus yards, four touchdowns, and maybe it would be a slightly different story. Maybe, that's a big maybe. But for right now, this was just a solid game against a terrible team. Tua should still be the starter when we move on to next week. Now, my next takeaway from this game is that the Dolphins' inability to stop the run is the only thing that's holding the defense back from being elite. Uh, again, Frank Gore's 74 yards in this game was the most by a running back this season for the Jets. The Jets are not known for being successful at running the ball, yet they had their best game against Miami. We saw what happened against the Chargers and how it led to that collapse against Denver. Were Balazs' numbers impressive? No, but if you put a capable running back in that same situation, they could take advantage of it. Again, were Gore's numbers mind-blowing? No, but that won't fly against most teams. Now, my last takeaway from this game is that Chan Gailey needs to do a better job. Uh, you know, it's well known that the Dolphins need more weapons offensively, but then last week, Gailey came out and said that Tua needs to do more and to take more chances throwing two contested receivers, but at some point, 
Gailey has to take some of the blame for the offense's struggles. The offense is still painfully conservative at times. There are very few moments where there is a big play or even a moment that catches a defense off guard. As of right now, the Dolphins entered this game in the bottom three of passes beyond 20 yards and passes of 40 plus yards. That can't all fall on the players on this team. Eventually, Chan Gailey needs to take some of the blame for the inefficiency on offense. So guys, let me know what you think. As always, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven and at via the source. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you could subscribe to me, that would be a tremendous help for me and I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions, topics, or things that you would like for me to discuss in a future episode, always feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and you know send the question. I'll gladly discuss it in a future episode. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, I've seen you guys been leaving some very awesome reviews and I truly do appreciate appreciate those. So if you could, if you haven't already, if you could leave a review on there, if you like it, leave a five star. If you don't, you know, you know, don't be too hard on me, but I definitely respect if you don't like it, uh, just give me things I could improve on. I would gladly do so. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. Until next time though, I'm Steve Amasso and this was Via the Source.